welcome to Soul Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Mills Gray. A little dose of inspiration, high vibes, fun, and practical tips to help you level up your leadership, learn from others' success, and join us for a natter as I get to know what makes people tick and how they have embraced becoming a soul leader. lots of feedback forms lots of understanding of those pain points you know capturing all that data I started to see those common pain points across my audience and the main three were desire to perform at their best and needing to adapt to a new and more challenging roles. Welcome to the next episode of Soul Leaders. I had the pleasure of interviewing Caroline Kay, who is a leadership coach and entrepreneur and I really enjoyed interviewing her. She had an incredible corporate career and decided to uh, go and be more authentic and live the life that she knew she could carve out for herself. And she jumped and the net caught her. And I, um, I'm really sort of in awe of how she has become a huge success in what she's doing. And this is a great interview for anybody who perhaps is sat in a position that they are feeling like they can move out from but are a little bit scared to do it so I think we're gonna have to explain the backstory aren't we (laughs) oh god I think it'd be rude not to (laughs) it really would so I am absolutely thrilled to welcome my next guest who has the patience of a saint and um the reason there's a backstory is that we have pretty much spent the last hour on and off Zoom, fighting technology, me being kicked out. Caroline is in Italy. I'm in the UK. Zoom's not worked for us. So we've done a last chance saloon to do this podcast. And I know that the stars are aligned and everything is going to go absolutely swimmingly (laughs) and breathe. So... (laughs) Welcome. Thank you so much for joining Soul Leaders Podcast. Um, I'm going to introduce Caroline. She is an entrepreneur, a podcast host herself, which makes it even more embarrassing, Um, a coach, and she's a founder of Coaching and Consulting Company. And um, we have been chatting for an hour, but, but really, we haven't really got into it at all. So we are starting from the very beginning. Welcome. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> Mills, it's great to be here. And as a fellow podcast hostess, I know the trouble with technology. So totally understand. Excited that we are giving this a last chance. Hurrah. We are going to make this happen. <laughs> We totally are. We totally are. And it's going to be the best podcast that I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) So just to give a little bit of a backstory, um, I would love you to explain a little bit how you have got to where you are today, which is running your own very successful coaching company. You had a huge corporate career. Um, Can you just explain a little bit kind of the turning point that helped you jump from corporate to being a uh, working for yourself, an entrepreneur, solopreneur, however you'd like to describe it? Yes, I absolutely can. And um, it's, it's just funny, isn't it? When people say, what's the turning point? And I don't think it's one point that it just goes, that's it. This is what I'm going to do. It takes a long time to get there. And lots of things happened along the way for me to get where I am. But 
if I had to define a moment where I knew there was no turning back, there was no going back to my old life in the sense that I'd left the, the company I was in where I was a growth director heading up an LA office in it and the London office of their new business development strategy. And I was uh, working really hard. I'd come to the end of that role and I was sort of in that usual panic freak out of, okay, I need to get another, need to get another job. And then I basically thought, well, actually, maybe I just need to take some time out and have a think about it. Because the reason I left was because I wasn't fulfilled and it wasn't anything to do with the company or the people. It was just this maybe isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I need to take some time to figure that out. I went out to Italy uh, on because I, I wanted to learn Italian and, and I wanted to just travel a little bit. And I ended up traveling for three months around Italy. And it was the final stop slash second final stop, actually. And I was just dragging out the summer and I ended up in Sicily and it was amazing. And I was this really cool school and we had karaoke in the evenings and we had singing all these Italian songs and eating lots of pizza and drinking coffee. And I was sat in the garden of this school. It's a really beautiful garden. And um, it's just everything you imagine of an idyllic Italian scene. And I got this call from London and it was from this recruiter that I had worked with throughout my career to help me pos get positioned in many different roles. His name was Charlie and Charlie rang me up and said, Caroline, I've got the perfect job for you. I've just got this brief through and he's all excited, you know, and he's telling me all about this great stuff. And he's like, it's just, it's really right for you. Where are you? I can, he's like, I can hear birds <laughs> tweeting in the background. And I'm like, yeah, so I'm in Italy. Uh, yeah, I'm having a great time. He's like, well, when are you back? And I'm like, well, I haven't really decided yet. Cause I was sort of thinking, I'm just sort of going with the flow a little bit, probably in the next month or so, because probably when the summer ends, I'll be coming back. And he said, well, look, this job, it's great. They'll be interviewing next week. So if you want it, you need to come back next week. It's going to be 150K. It's just around the corner from where you used to be in Shoreditch. You're just going to love it. Wow. Okay. Come back next week. That was kind of, can I have a minute to think about it? That minute turned into a sleepless night. I really stressed out thinking, oh my God, is this what I'm going to do? Am I going to go back, take another job, doing what I did before, Kind of had the feeling that if I went for it, he was right. It was a really good alignment, but it didn't sit right with me. And it's, oh, I went into a panic and I just thought, oh, I don't want to go back. I don't want this adventure to end. I don't want this fun I'm having to end. And I know I'm on holiday and that's ridiculous. Of course, I've got to go get a job at some point. But I just didn't want to go back to my old life and just do what I'd always done before and the safety of it all. And so I called him back up and said, uh, I'm, I'm going to say no. I've got this half-baked idea of setting up this tennis company with a friend and I need to, I need to see that through. I need to just see where that goes. And, um, and he was like, okay, well, if you change your mind, Caroline, you know, call me back, <laughs> try to leave that door open. Don't do that to me. Uh, but I also just went, no, this is, this is it. I want happiness and I want to date guys and I want to have a life outside of work and I want to keep eating pizza. <laughs> so I've just decided that, you know, I needed to follow my heart a little bit, even though I didn't know where that led, but I knew that I had some time to figure it out. So I wanted to do that. So that's what I did. And I, I love that because I think that um, that intuition, that calling for you to do something else. And as you said, lots of things along the way had got you to that point in Italy. Um, and I wonder if it had been different had you been sat at a desk doing your day job and another job comes in. You might have ignored that 
gut feeling or, or sort of maybe not have been as in tune with it, but you're out. I mean, when you were talking about being in Italy and the birds tweeting, I could kind of imagine violins playing in the background, and like <laughs> punky Italians walking around. <laughs> and it's like, actually, you had sort of stepped into more of an alignment of what you wanted from your life. And, and also, but I think it takes great not just bravery and courage, but also really like kudos for making that decision because 150K a year job is, is pretty big bananas, you know, that's a serious career, that's big corporate life that you're potentially walking away from, but trusting, trusting that yes. calling of actually, it's time for something different and amazing. Well done you for doing that. I love Thanks. hearing stories like that. It was totally nerve wracking. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? But then at the same time, like you say, just trusting it, you know, you know, if, I, if people will pay me that to help them do something, what, what could I do if I did it on my own and just believed in myself and trusted myself and um, figuring yeah. it out is the bit that you kind of need to do next, but kind of that trusting yourself a little bit, giving yourself the opportunity it's definitely something you've got to do. Nobody else will do it for you. No one else will do it for you. And I, I often think you can get to suddenly you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my 60s and I've not done what I want to do. And it's just like, actually, you need to make that decision. I think we always wait. We're waiting for, oh, well, I'll wait till then or I'll wait till this time in my life or I'll wait till that time. You just got to get on and do it because you just don't know how how long that life is going to be. Um, OK, so you are two months in Italy. You're in this idyllic place where the birds are singing and you're rejecting phone calls from headhunters and going, no, I'm going to live my life take me from that point to then starting your own business um, and and launching your coaching and consulting business well it was a roller coaster ride I mean it just didn't sort of be a quick switch or anything like that um, it really was the best part of a year before I sort of took the leap into business coaching and decided this is it this is my vocation this is where all the stars have aligned and I'm doing it that took another year. And there's a whole story I could tell you about that. I mean, I'm going to give you rapid fire, which was, you know, going to Rome for the last stop before I went back home to figure out what the hell I was going to do and freak out. But before I did that, I decided to keep dating, keep having fun, keep having an amazing adventure. And I met this gorgeous Italian man. He walked into a bar and I was just like, wow, who is that? I'm feeling I'm a solo traveler. I've got really good at talking to strangers. So I went off in my worst Italian asking him, where his football sheet t-shirt was from it really had nothing original anyway he laughed and he said I talk I speak English and that was it I think he cancelled whatever friends he was going to see we went out for the night we dated and literally the romance began and then at the end of those two weeks he said you know uh what are you gonna what are your plans are you gonna come back because I was like no 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 I'm going back to the UK and he's like but and we talked loads. I mean, we had this really good connection where I was just sharing all my hopes and dreams. I want to start a business. I want to do this. I want to, he thought I was insane. But he was like, well, you know, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I'm going to go back to London. I'm going to sit in my flat and I'm going to figure out this business idea. I'm going to, you know, put pen to paper and I'm really going to focus on it. And he was like, well, you could sit in your flat in London on your own, or you could come back to Rome, do that here. And I'll take you out every night. And he stuck to his word. So I did that. I rented an Airbnb. I came to Rome. I was like, right, I've got a month. I've got to figure out this business plan. So I sat down and I had this, I, I mentioned a really loose idea of this tennis business because tennis was a big passion. A friend of mine wanted to start it out with me. She ended up 
buggering off back home to bloody Colorado, miles away, the other side of the planet. And so she wasn't going to do it with me. So I was kind of like, I'm going to have to do it on my own. Oh God, I have to figure it all out. And, but I just had this feeling that it, it was, it was, it was something that I could do and I just needed to trust myself and give it a go and, and not look back and think, well, I never tried. So I sat in this apartment figuring out this idea of building a website, figuring out social media strategy, thinking about how I grow my audience. Um, I got to a point where I'd set up partnerships with hotels and I was figuring out amazing cocktail rooftop bars, which is so fun exploring and researching, and ways to build this business idea that I had for this sort of social club that was going to be online. Anyway, longer story. But the point was that during this period of figuring it out, I kind of went home at Christmas and went, oh my God, I really think I'm onto something. I'm just going to give this a go and I'm going to put a budget behind it. I'm going to make it happen. Anyway, fast forward four or five months, I had basically nearly got 20 people to come out and join me. And I just decided, oh, this isn't what I want to do. I'm not feeling it. I'm not like, it, everything isn't firing in me. It, and, I'd, and meanwhile, I'd started teaching English and I'd I've been doing that to just get some money in and stop freaking out the poor guy when he walked in. And I was like, oh, human, someone's door too. I'm a real social bunny. So I was not coping, just being on my own. And um, he basically said, you've got, you've got to go out. You've got to meet people. And um, I didn't speak Italian well enough to do a job that way. So I found English. I fell in love with it. I found it so fulfilling, helping people achieve their ambition and their goals. That was another sign. And then I got recommended somebody to help to win a really big corporate job. She her, was a real estate agent. She just um, got invited to be an equity partner for one of the biggest London law firms. And she needed to nail a presentation. And I'm like, oh, well, presentations. I'm all about presentations. Let me at it. I'll help you do that. So we worked together because she was recommended to me. I knew I could help her. Um, I kind of, that was one of my first clients. I knew that I could get the helper do this and achieve it. I did. She nailed the job. And then I was, I missed out a big chunk. I was working with this life coach. She was amazing. She was sort of in her certification mode. She was training. She was working with me. She was helping me figure out what I wanted. This business was right when it wasn't really tuning into myself and listening to, is this what I want to do? Is this uncomfortable feeling of, I don't know what the hell I'm doing? Or is this a feeling of, yeah, I could figure it out, but I just don't want to. Like, this isn't exciting for me. This isn't a stretch and I'm growing. This is just me sort of beating my head against a wall. So really listening to yourself, it's something you have to learn. She helped me a lot. Anyway, I know I've waffled a bit here, but it all sort of came together with the fact that I'd been helping somebody, she achieved her goal. I'd been reflecting with my life coach and she said, you know what, Caroline, you are a coach. I'm not supposed to tell you, you're supposed to figure this out on your own, but you're just not getting it. And she goes, I'm ready to scream down the microphone. You need to do this. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's the thing. I don't want to do what you do. She's like, you're not, there's so many different kind of coaches out there in the world. You need to define who you are as a coach. And, and actually that's a whole nother big process. So she goes, she recommended a business coach for me to work with. And I went, okay, maybe I could do that. And then, you know, funnily enough, I started just telling people that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to become a coach. I'm going to start helping people achieve their goals in whatever business world they want and and I really haven't got a full master plan yet I haven't really built out my services but I just started telling people and I got another client and then I was like wow okay this is really happening I've only just chatted to a few people and these clients have come in or got through referred to me through my network this is really a business that could happen and the universe is telling me to just go all in so that's what I did I got myself a coach I went all in and uh, I gave myself three months to get set up and really launched so 
with that website all singing all dancing and um actually didn't end up all singing or dancing it ended up very very simple because you have to get out your own way and stop being so complicated but the point was I got my website to a good place I set up my services I figured out how to articulate who I am I got my certification I did everything so rapidly but I just went through it got it all done um and then it's funny because you could say that the business launched at the beginning of the year, but I think when I sort of founded the company, which again, working with the business coach is like, so you have clients, you have a business, you need to sort of establish this properly. And I'm like, oh, right, really? Okay, gosh, okay, I still had a bit longer. And I was so naive in the early days. And then um, having somebody who's walked the path really helped me to just set everything up properly and really start, you know, making it happen and trusting it and knowing this is what I wanted to do. And all the way there were some scary squeaky bum moments 100 percent. but just knowing that yeah this is it this is what i want to do amazing your energy is that you are i feel like you are definitely in the right place like the right calling for you and so in your second year you achieved a wait list for your one-to-one programs which i think is phenomenal congratulations and um, do you have any advice for people who might be listening on how to go about achieving that would you say it was like your mindset was it strategy that got, or was it both oh 100 percent both 100 percent. i mean you can have all the strategy in the world but you're gonna have those niggles and those doubts and those worries and you know I just those squeaky bum moments that i talked about you know they're gonna happen and you could either sort of give into them or you can lean into it like everyone used to say lean into it I was like, what the hell does that even mean but it just means that you're gonna go faster than you're ready for and you just have to run with it and it's a bit like skiing skiing is a great acronym you gotta lean into it or you're gonna fall over so <laughs> just make it happen and um and my strategy was really kind of based on my knowledge of of growing creative agencies and and delivering great client service it was about okay I'm gonna over deliver for these clients I'm gonna set the bar of what I want to achieve but then I'm gonna go above that and I'm gonna surprise and delight them and I'm gonna you know make sure that they're recognizing their successes and I'm building those success stories and testimonials so so important at the beginning of your journey to do that um and also the other part of it was asking lots of questions I mean as a coach that's all you do I mean you're literally asking questions all day long and, and helping people find the answers but it's asking the questions to your friends, your family, to people in your network. You know, what are you struggling with? How do you want to do that? Why is that a problem for you? Understanding all of their challenges and how your solutions align with that. So you can write really compelling marketing copy. So you can build a website that talks to your ideal customer. So, so important. The next part is partnerships. So I talked a bit about partnerships when I was coming up with this idea for the tennis business I kind of knew that was a really great route to market in terms of building their trust appealing to their audience but I wanted to do that for myself so who are the right partners for a coaching business for me this actually seemed more difficult I wasn't quite sure where do you go and you've got to think about where does your ideal client hang out I work with creative entrepreneurs who want to achieve the next level of success where are they most of them are hiding behind their computer screens, freaking out about how they're going to build a business. But the ones that are really at that stage where they're ready to move it up a gear, they're attending networking events, they're at strategy days, planning days, find out where they are, get yourself on a guest list and go and be ready to talk to everyone. And um, that's what I did. And I really built up my audience. Um, I got some great partnerships. I got to be able to get up on stages um, and talk to people, have my face recognized. Um, and, and that really helped. And by doing that, 
And, and sure, some parts of it, I was thinking, oh my God, this is insanity. You know, <laughs> who am I? You know, how are they going to want to work with me? But you kind of have to know that you're not that much of a beginner. If you've built up all the expertise to do something you can start a business with, you've actually got years of experience to bring it to. You're in a new model for sure, but it's actually all the experience you bring, all that knowledge you bring from your background, from your history, that makes you the expert you are to be able to go out and serve others. So tune into that, present yourself to the world in the best way possible, and people will respect that and they will be ready to work with you. And it that absolutely helps. So there's a bit of a shift from I'm a beginner, how am I going to do this to going, no, come on, stop kidding yourself. You're not a beginner. You just knew it this bit. And that was really huge. That was a big turning point. Absolutely. I mean, you were being offered jobs of 150K a year. It's um, that imposter syndrome of like, oh my God, I'm in a new thing, but, but you're not, you're just, you're just in a new role, but you've still got all that wealth of experience. And, um, and even I, I would say as well, being um, resourceful of traveling on your own, you know, I think travel brings in so many key, key um strategies for starting a business um, problem solving there's so many different life experiences that can bring you can bring to the table and um, so I love your, the sound of your ideal client um, kind of multi-passionate creative resourceful what is their common pain point that you help them with it's funny because you know your ideal client is sometimes it could be a mirror of you um it could be someone you've worked with that you love working with and you want more of those people to work with and you know when you're starting out it's it's really challenging to to pinpoint that you're kind of imagining who your ideal client would be um but i know that you know the things that i had to work through were mindset were strategy and we're taking action you can have all the best strategy in the world you can prep yourself to the max but unless you go out and talk to people and you actually connect with people you're not going to move the needle on your business so i use those as the sort of three pillars to sort of focus on how i'm going to support people but the more and more i drilled into it lots of feedback forms lots of understanding of those pain points you know capturing all that data i started to see those common pain points across my audience and the main three with desire to perform at their best and needing to adapt to a new and more challenging role so kind of exactly where I was at that point of okay I'm good at what I do but I'm doing something new and it's scary it doesn't mean you need to do it on your own it's actually get that support recognize that you can learn faster with somebody and go on that journey with them so people in that mindset that they're not I'm going to just do it all on my own, but in that position of, I, I want to get somewhere and I want to find that expert to align with me and help me. So definitely people in that mindset. Um, second one was limited time and wanting to make a difference. You know, they really had a purpose-driven concept, business idea that they wanting to take to the market. And, you know, it's not for them about, I want to make more money. That's kind of, you know, they hopefully they want to get to that result. They've done well so far. They want to see rewards coming through and they want a certain lifestyle, but it doesn't start there. It starts with that fulfillment, making a difference, um, having an idea that's fun or different or answers a real pain in the market. So there's limited time in the sense of They've got that A type, I can't speak, A type personality where they just want to achieve and they want it all yesterday. So let's make that happen. And then that needing to break through to the next level um, kind of is similar to my first point, but, that, but that's more of a mind sh mindset shift to get them to that 
more challenging role. This one is about breaking through. So what action do I have to take? What is my roadmap? What does a blueprint look like? How can we really set that out? So people that really enjoyed that structure, wanting to have sort of clear goals defined, things they can tick off and get themselves there. But those were the three that um, I kind of, every time I break it down, that's what my clients were looking for. That's where I was helping them the most, make the big differences, up their productivity, you know, really perform at their best and bring their A game and, and work through those blocks. I love it. I loved what you said about, you can have, you know, all the strategy in the world. I use that as well, but I, I, I say, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, yeah if there's that lack of belief the strategies don't make any difference you need to have that absolute no matter what this is happening I can do it I'm you know I am enough yeah um okay so I'd love to know what happened to Mr football shirt so you were in Rome (laughs) do you know the irony is I hate football (laughs) he was just that good looking I was like I'll have a chat (laughs) <laughs> I'm so impressed that you even like went up with a with a with an Italian phrase. I like your football <laughs> shirt. It's great. It's it's you know classic, good. You know, speaking to the heart of a of a very typical Italian man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really it was so fun uh, meeting him and you know getting past the awkwardness of oh well I get to practice my Italian why not you know, um, but. It, he was so wonderful and um, we we just hit it off and it was like we'd known each other for, for forever mainly because he could speak English so well so we could have a proper chat and not muddle along in Italian um, but yes we are still together uh, we moved in together with each other um, gosh like just over a year and a half ago we moved in together and um, and I pretty much split my time before the pandemic six yeah. months in the UK and just sort of five and a bit months over here and I really sort of have the best of both worlds and I service my clients in those sort of three areas where I spend most of my time but also I'm obviously open to working with people outside of those areas um but that's where I've got the main hubs of my clients because that's me going to those events going to those partnership activities and that's where I built the foundation of my business through and that was across London where lots of my old work friends are across York where a lot of my family is up in the north and then here in Rome going to events here in Rome as well and um, Nico has uh, my partner he's brilliant he's he's just been so supportive of all my mad ideas and what are you doing next and are you flying back to England again yeah yeah I'm going I'll be back in a few weeks or I'll be back in a month do you want to come too and <laughs> we've just been on a crazy adventure uh, for the last few years and it, it's really been wonderful to have someone with me on the journey I'm really happy for you and actually you know in hindsight starting a, a, a business in essentially sort of travel tennis you know that that idea would have been really badly hit by the pandemic so yeah. it's so sort of the universe again working in your favor <laughs> go and do something else <laughs> um okay so um, tell me, I, I, I want to know a little bit about um, kind of quick fire questions. What's the biggest lesson in running your own biz that you've had? Oh, the biggest lesson, I think. Talk to more people about what you do more often. They all want to help you succeed. So the more you talk to them, the more you're going to find ways to achieve the success you want. That's a good one. Don't be afraid to speak go out and own it 
own it. If you could change anything about the last three years, what would it be? Uh, practice my Italian more and uh, 100% read more books. I found so many answers in the books um, that I've read now, which are either inspirational or you know, uh, time savings or, you know, learning something quickly. Um, I just think there's so many good resources out there. So always be learning. And that leads lovely into what is your best book recommendation or best book you've read recently? It's a difficult um, one. Although you're making it tricky now you said recently. I mean, recently. Okay, take out <laughs> recently. <laughs> um, I'm reading right now a book called Winging It, which I'm really enjoying. Uh, and that's that's really great uh, hearing about a self-made entrepreneur. But um, best book I think I've read is You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. And um, a lot of work needs to be done on that mindset piece around your worth, your value. And 100% that is a great book to just get in line with your value to the world and getting yourself going. I love that. I love Jen Sincero. She's great. I like listening to her on audio as well. She's got like just one of those like, yeah, I need to go and do that. She she really fires you. Well, she fires me up anyway. Um, top holistic approach to life. I think I already said this by accident, but always be learning because that has just got to be the way to continually grow and be your best. Absolutely. And a famous inspiration. Actually, do you know what? They don't necessarily need to be famous, but just because, it could, you know, the thing is, I put in famous and people will say, can I put my grandpa? And it's like, of course you can. <laughs> but <laughs> if you could recommend someone that someone else might get, be able to get some value from, who would that be? Well, if you read the book by Jen Sincero, um, she talks about this guy who I'm going to mention, and that is Jim Carrey, the famous comedian. Um, I mean, for me, he's 100% himself and all the better for it. He's found the way to really own his personal brand and build himself up to be a megastar. Uh, in the book, there's a great part, which I won't ruin for anyone that's not read it yet, but it's basically about defining what he wanted right now, setting a date in the future, and then working hard towards it. And his dream came true. And when you read the book, you'll see how that all came about. And it's amazing. And, you know, when he made his first million through the Dumb and Dumber movie, you know, that was his dream coming true. And I just think you've got to, got to see that inspiration of someone just being authentically themselves and achieving everything they want. Yeah, he's massively into visualization and law of attraction. And I think he sort of, you know, used to drive around all of the amazing houses around Beverly Hills and just park outside and pretend he lived there and <laughs> stepped into that life before he was actually there. I am doing um, that right now. <laughs> we are looking at new apartments and we've gone to Millionaire's Row and we're like, this is where it's going to be. <laughs> You've got to do it, man. You've got to do it. Absolutely. And what are your plans for the next few years with your business? Oh, plans for the next few years. I mean, uh, hopefully to make it bigger and better. Um, I'm working right now on a group coaching program that I'm putting together. I'm hoping to launch very, very soon and bringing in other experts to support me with that. Um, there's the podcast, which you mentioned right at the beginning. Uh, that has gone through its first series. That's just coming to an end. So designing and developing the second series and where I want to take that. I'm visualizing taking over huge theaters when the world is all back open and delivering live podcasts. I have some big ideas that I want to make happen and get lots Love of people it. together. So yeah, I think bigger, better, more exciting. <clears throat> Keep the adventure going. Like I said, right in the beginning, I wasn't ready to go back to that life of the corporate career and something I knew. And 
I think there's the excitement is kind of not knowing where it's all going to end up, but having those big aspirational goals to just keep striving for. Well, you've definitely done that. You've definitely jumped the net caught you you sound like you're absolutely smashing it and enjoying enjoying that life of you know god you're living the dream half Italy half in England working for yourself no longer that stress of kind of corporate daily grind you've got your own schedule you're launching you're launching left right and center I'm I'm very impressed and I'm so pleased we got through this without any more (laughs) zoom hiccups (laughs) so thank you so much oh it's It's been been such a pleasure pleasure. yeah likewise Mills really enjoyed it and I'm so glad we we got there (laughs) we got there and where can people find you Oh, they can find me on my site, which is www.carolinek.co. Um, or they can find me on Instagram, Caroline K Success. And that is my handle across all the social media. So Caroline K Success, you'll find me there. Amazing. And I will pop you in the in the notes that um, if, where people can find you. Thank Brilliant. you so much. Thanks so much, Mills. All the best. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much. And please do subscribe and share Soul Leaders. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my next episode of Soul Leaders. We have got somebody on the other side of the pond. I hate that expression. I don't even know why I say it, because whenever I hear it, I'm like, it's not a pond, it's a great big fucking ocean. However, I'm going to introduce my next guest, who is Lorraine, but I know her as LB. Um, She's a money mindset coach who helps people who are experiencing shame around money. I love that you call it that because I resonate with that. And so you help them to step back into their power. She helps cultivate an abundant mindset and teaches ease-filled money management. Oh my God, I'm so excited for today. Um, And this equips her clients to be able to pay off their debt, bring joy to their money relationship and get dreaming again without complex and labor intensive systems. Boom. LB, welcome to Soul Leaders. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited, Mills. I'm so excited too. Okay, let's get straight into it. I would love to kind of hear how you got to where you are right now. Give me a little bit of backstory. Okay, so I have spent... 10 years as a massage therapist. Um, And so for a decade as a body worker, I've been holding space for clients, helping them to release stress from their body by leaning on these points that sort of, we, we store our trauma and our pain and our stresses in these, in these points within the body. And when we do that, often what happens is a verbal share, you know, people start to talk through this pain that they're releasing out of the body. And what I was noticing is all across the spectrum, whether you were low income, came from low income, you have a high income, whatever it was, wherever you landed, I would hear these stories filled with shame around their money. I've had to file a consumer proposal and I still don't know what to do with my money. I have this debt and I just, I feel swallowed by it. I don't know what to do. And what I noticed was that that meant that they were just like me, that there was this money story uh, that we had sort of picked up. I'd picked up along the way. And for me, I 
was expecting my third child with my husband. And we sort of looked up from building a business and building a life and realized that we had six figures in debt. And that's not our house. That's not like, it was like, we just were like, how did we get here? And then all of a sudden this feeling of like, I'm bad with money. I was able to recognize is like, oh no, no, no. I feel shame. I, I feel like I'm bad. Mm -hmm. I'm stupid. I'm like a loser. And a lot of people are feeling that feeling. And so I started on a path to uh, improving my financial situation with my husband and, and a lot of more shame kind of got piled on when I went out into the personal finance world, you know, it, it becomes, uh, you better do it this system. And if that doesn't work for you, like you're an idiot <laughs> or <laughs> like how, how could you have gotten yourself to this place? Um, follow these baby steps or do these things. And, and it's all in all intense, like do everything you could possibly do to exhaust, like exhaust your resources. Um, and what that ends up doing is really putting people into a, a place of scarcity. And then they don't dream. You know, if you got asked, what would you do with a blank check? People would just stare at you like, I, I don't know. And that is like, to me, I just, I was like, oh, I have to be able to help people with this thing. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I did tons of mindset work. I did lots of personality work. Uh, I dove into, I had a, an epiphany uh, in 2017 uh, with these geese. Um, I was camping with my parents and it's, this is, sorry, I'm getting long-winded, but I was camping with my parents and the river was really high in the spring and we have Canadian geese here in Canada. And across the river, there was a nest of these two geese, they've got their three eggs and I'm like stressing. Like the water is rising like every hour. It's like getting closer and closer. And I'm like, so I have to go to bed. I'm not sleeping. I'm tossing it. I'm worried about these eggs. <laughs> and I wake up in the morning and they're, they're hatched. There's these little goslings across the river. And I'm like, phew, they're going to go to higher land. Everything's going to be fine. No, these geese are going to do their goose thing and they're going to get on the river. And I, I was like in a panic, like for this I'll call him the dad goose leads them onto the river and then mom's got the tail end here and they're just the river's ripping and I like drop my coffee and I'm running down the riverbank screaming at everybody like dad dad like get get the geese hurry up and my family is like looking at me like what is wrong with you and they and the geese get off at the shore they get they tootle up the bank and everything's fine and I'm just standing there like in a sweat. I'm like, you stupid geese, like, oh my God. And my dad came up to me and he goes, honey, honey, what would have happened if you weren't here? And I was like, what kind of question is that? Like, I, obviously my running and screaming helped them. That's what, that must be what signaled them to get off the river. They went, oh, it is dangerous. You're right. And they took my advice. That's obviously what happened. And, and I, I remember that night, like looking at the sky going, holy crap, am I a control freak? And everybody's looking at me going, oh, it, it, are you just realizing that now? And I'm like, yeah, I am. 
And it was sort of just on the back end of having taken this personality test called the Enneagram. And when I took this test uh, on that camping trip, uh, I found out that I'm a type eight. And one of the nicest ways of phrasing a type eight is uh, the challenger. And this is a person that is uh, often, you know, solution oriented. Their primary motivation is to be in control and not be harmed. And so I sometimes use that primary motivation to control and prevent harm for other people. Um, and yeah, yeah, like, or geese. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it totally transformed my life in how I interact with other people. Just that awareness. It was like this big, bright light. And I went, oh, and when I go into coaching, I have to make sure that I don't bulldoze people and that I don't make it this way that I don't approach personal finance in the same way that other coaches maybe do it in that follow these five steps and your life will be better. It's we need to make sure that this is curated and tailored to that person and their personality and their values and what matters to them. I love that story of the geese as well, because also what it kind of highlighted as you were telling me that is that you were foreseeing something that wasn't a thing. You, you'd written their story. You'd, you'd written their whole, like, mm -hmm. this is the end of, you know, the family. They're all going to die. And they're just doing their geese thing. But, <sighs> but you'd given it this, this I don't want to say catastrophized it, but you were, and but the fact that it was, like, stopping you thinking and, like, um, you were almost putting a story and rationalizing what was happening, but the geese were just doing what the geese do. They knew, oh, yeah. they, knew, they knew their truth. <laughs> yeah. And then they have to migrate thousands of kilometers. Yeah. yeah. And I don't get to I think they come to us. They come here. Yeah. <laughs> they come to us. Maybe I've, maybe I've seen them. But it's like, um, it's a, I, I, love, I love great analogies as well, because you can use that in your coaching for, and just making decisions and everything. You can go back to that story for yourself when you're feeling a little bit like huh have I have I you know written out a story that's not true not my truth um, yeah so tell me more about the Enneagram I I've done my Briggs, which I love mm -hmm. I've recently somebody told me about um oh why I've got a mental block it's um human science I think it's called cool. human design thank you yeah <laughs> human design and, and they gave me like top level information based on like the time I was born and blah 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 and it, it was pretty insane the top top line information was like yeah that's me so tell me what did you learn like what 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 is it is it a test that you do and it doesn't just tell you about introvert extrovert what else does it tell you about yourself and how you um, been able to it, use that yeah it's not it's not about introversion or extroversion uh, it's sort of about core motivation. So for me, it's, I must be in control to survive. I don't want to be harmed. I'm going to be in control. Um, for say a type two, which is the helper, they must be helpful. Their primary motivation is I'm trying to be helpful to, in order to feel loved and to, to feel safe, I need to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And uh, the type one is orderliness. That's your, your like type A systems people. They have to have, be orderly to survive. They need their desk cords to be tied and all of the things, you know? And, and what's great is there, there are these nine um, types sort of in this circular ge uh, geometric pattern 
where they all relate to each other in certain ways. There's the gut triad and the heart triad and the head triad. And oh, cool. We all have these primary motivations so, uh, or primary emotions. So I'm not an Enneagram expert, but eight, nine and one, their primary reactionary emotion will be anger. Mm-hmm. Then two, three, four is shame and five, six, seven is fear. And so it's just like, it, you can start to um, relate to people a little bit more when you can understand where their primary motivation is. Yeah. And what I think is most powerful is you can see yourself a little bit more clearly. I was able to identify these growth edges that maybe I come across a little bit abrasive and that I, am, I genuinely come from a place that I want to protect you and I want to help you, but I needed to remember, be shown that it's actually their journey, not mine. Yeah. And so as a coach, yeah. And as a coach, I couldn't be a good coach, just out here solving people's problems. Our job is to help you get to your next best step. Yeah. And so I had to learn instead before I, you know, start solving your problems, maybe I should ask you some questions, (laughs) you know? And, and so that was absolutely a turning point for me in terms of the possibility of being able to coach other people, because I was just big sistering everybody. Yeah. I was just plowing people down saying, no, this is how you have to do it. I was plowing my husband down in his business going, no, 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 you don't need to be doing that in your restaurant. You should be doing this. Yeah. And, and he's going, you don't work in a restaurant. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, it's just been such a great tool. And so I understand my husband better. He's a two, so he's a helper. And he, you know, linked up with an eight, a big, powerful eight who is just, you know, going to plow people over. So he's learning, like, I have to actually match your intensity in order for you to hear me and I have to soften for him to hear me I've um I've I've read the five languages of love which is kind of I think a little bit similar you understand like how the person receives love gives love what they you know some I think I think they're defined I can't remember all of them but one is like affirmations like you want to be told you love the other one is like touch um service gifting yeah and it's when you then I then analyze what my husband is and what I am and it's 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 so it's it's sort of groundbreaking because you go oh I get it you're like that because of that yeah um yeah you'll be in a great mood if I make the bed fantastic now I know that exactly exactly I I might take that anagram 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 I can send you I can send you a link that I use with clients because it's um, there's about 50 questions and it's scaled. So it goes from, uh, that's totally incorrect. to That's really correct for me versus a yes or no. And I feel oh, like I it's really that. a great, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's really great. That's that actually. So, um, the, the, the problem I found with Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. is it asks you, it's like an either or, yeah. but what I noticed is that it asks you the same question over and over. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. And like, is that depending on what the other one is? But sometimes it was the same question duplicated just further down. I was like, oh, they've asked me this one. Yeah. So I guess that determines whether someone's like truly, you know, black or white. <laughs> Don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those binary questions are are sometimes it ends for me when I take Myers Briggs, I get a di- I get like ENTJ, ENTP, like. Yeah. It's like 49 and 51. Like it's like so close. So I never get a definitive answer because I've never taken a test with a little bit more detail. Yeah, that's interesting. I am ENFP. I did it recently. Um, oh, okay. 
yeah I, I, I was I, I kind of I loved it but I, I'm definitely yeah please do send me the link I will um, so okay you discovered about yourself you did this um personality test you realized I love as well what you said about you were a body worker and while you you know people hold that trauma and pain in certain parts of their body and then as you're working that through they're talking which I I love because my I had an amazing body worker she was incredible but she always just tell me to shut up <laughs> she always be like don't talk now <laughs> and I'd be like oh, I don't want to <laughs> perhaps I was just talking bullshit there and she was just like, just working um no <laughs> so, <I disagree>. yeah. <laughs> so tell me now like how do you help your clients um kind of if someone was to come to you what what, what do you look at well so I sort of have a I have a 12-week container that I'm currently uh just sort of I'm working on a name uh with my coach uh right now but my 12-week container is you sort of you arrive we get to know each other we figure out what your trigger points are how do you feel about money? How'd you get here? Where do you stand? And we spend a few weeks sort of building that safety um, because money is so vulnerable and personal for people. You know, it's, it is a hard thing to uh, come numbers first. It sort of feels like take your top off, right? Like, yeah, yeah. so we, we sort of build that safety over a few weeks and then we embody a cash flow plan that takes into account your personality, takes into account your values, what is truly important to you. We do some values exercises. We do some, like we start with some money mindset exercises before we really start to create goals. Mm. Because if you don't really like dig that stuff up, you end up setting goals. And then in four or five weeks going, actually it wasn't that. I just said that because I felt like I was supposed to. Yeah. So we just, we just really dig in. And then I create cash flow plans that are really visual for people. Um, they have almost no emphasis on tracking other than sort of a cash flow statement. My net worth is going up every month. That's fantastic. Um, if you're dealing with uh, debt, or I like to call it uh, Bob, uh, balances for outstanding blessings, they're just sort of, I'm just paying Bob. Um, it's no big deal, you know, uh, and it sort of puts it a little bit lighter, but we so we sort of make these categories. We make sure we have money going to Bob. We have money going to your commitments, the things that you need to, in order to cultivate safety in your life. And we have money that goes into your joy investments. So we make sure that we build in joy, mm -hmm. that there is no pun there's no punishment in this, this garden that we're creating. This is absolutely about cultivating joy and hope. And we, so then we find dreams, um, we create the pathway, and then we start to build agency and you got to believe that you could do it. And so it takes us about six weeks to get the plan in place. We get feely, then we get tactical. Yeah. And then we start to embody, like we really start to experience it so that we can ebb and flow and course correct, make sure sometimes I, I make plans for people that are a little bit of a, of a squeeze for them just to see what happens. And sometimes I make it a little bit extra loose to see what happens based on what I've learned about them in the first little while. And then in the last six weeks, I make sure that you know how to adjust your plan when your life changes and that you can go forward going. So when I started, I came in going, I just, I don't even know. You want me to set a goal for the summer? I can't even think of something meaningful to, I am throwing a barbecue and I'm getting it catered and we're going to have a crib tournament. And I'm going to like, just like really specific joy. 
And that's where we want to get to. And you're just like, I'm calling it income. I am just like, I am so confident with my money right now. That's where I want you to go. And that's sort of like the, the system we have is sort of this 12 week container I love to that. get people jack. Yeah. yeah. And I love it. It's almost like a holistic pro- approach on it as well. And so I'm big about money trauma. I work mm-hmm. with a lot of clients who are holding money trauma without realizing it. And I like to create a different energy with money. Um, and the trauma, what I find so fascinating is that it's set by the age of seven and yeah. you're inheriting trauma from your parents and they're inheriting it from their grandparents. And it's just this long line of kind of um, fear, mainly, mainly fear around money. Um, and I, I listen, I, I love Jen Sincero. I don't know if you're familiar <gasps> with her. She's got a great yeah. on, on, you know, being a badass with money. I think it's called. Um, you're a badass at making money. I'm actually listening to it again right now. Oh, me, I've just finished listening to it to the second time. And, um, and she, she has some great, 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 like, revelations in there. I, I think oh. it's, um, it's absolutely fascinating. But she always talks about how when you say to someone, do you want to make money? And they're like, yeah, of course I do. You know, like, you know, here's a million pounds or, or, or dollars. What are you going to do with it? And you said earlier, people were like, uh, but people go, yes, I want to make money. But then their subconscious is like the motherboard that goes, oh, no, 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 you don't because you're scared. Because if you make money, you're going to be like the neighbors who dad hated because they were always in their flash car. And so I'll protect you from making money by making you really shit with money. Yeah. <laughs> so you won't become that person. And it's so fascinating that the subconscious, that when you become aware of it and you can heal that trauma, you're unstoppable. So, and I love that you give strategies as well, because I think a lot of the time with coaching, um, I like to, I like to say that I'm a kind of coach and mentor, because there are times when I will tell you, this is what you should do. Like what you were saying, like, I don't, I don't just go, no, you can't do anything else. I like them to get there themselves. But there are times when I'm like, no, 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 this is what we're going to do. This is the plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that's good, for, especially if somebody has a, I don't want to say bad relationship with money, but I just want to say like, I don't know how I would describe it. Without Fractured. Fractured, yeah, perfect. Is they might not have that confidence at the early stages to know how to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that you've got that kind of system in place. Yeah, my favorite sentence is, I have an idea. I love when, pe- when people are like, I have an idea. I'm like, bitch, tell me. Like, <laughs> oh, like that makes me so excited. And if you've experienced significant financial trauma, it's really hard to let that idea out. Mm-hmm. It's really hard if you've taken a big swing and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. To, to be com- to confidently go forward and say, I absolutely know, I know that my next decision will be right because that last one didn't work. Yeah. And I want to help people get that confidence back, that mojo. And like you said, the, the childhood beliefs that we get gifted, gifted <laughs> about money is absolutely, if I make a lot of money, my marriage is going to break down mm-hmm. people like, and it's, and you don't realize it until you start to you know, ask people like, what's your first memory of money? How did they talk about money in your house? Like, what are the, like, if you made money, if you were like all of these unhelpful, limited beliefs, like, oh, I'm not the kind of person that makes that kind of money. Yeah. Like, what kind of person are you? Yeah. Are you a person that, like Jen says, uh, that fully expresses their life, has a fully expressed life? 
because you need money to do that. And it is, so yeah, that is most of the work really. The strategy is one thing and everybody needs some version of a strategy so they can sort of, it's their map that they can reference every once in a while. But most of the time your eyes are out on the horizon and you're sailing the seas. You don't necessarily need to be like only looking at your map. You've got sales to move and decisions to make. Where are you going to go? Yeah. And that's what we're, we're as coaches can help people to figure out. Yeah. And that belief that they can do yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love belief breather. I just, I'm like, oh, I love that so much because every time I've spoken with you, Mills, that is exactly what you do. I always leave conversations with you being like, let's get this. Like, oh. <laughs> I am, yes. Like, yeah. Like, I was listening to something that, um, again, it was from the same book from Jen Sincero. And I, I kind of, I can't claim it, but I loved what she said. And I wrote it down. Is that no one pops our balloon of belief like the pointy pin of a pal. And I just was like, oh, she's so good. I wish I'd made that up myself. But oh. like, that belief, you need to have that belief that you can do it. And when you might say to your better half or your other half, whatever you want to call it, or your parents, and they go, oh, mm. they get tight. And they get tight and they get, and the, and the same, especially when it's money is involved investing in something shall I do that oh don't do that or no you know you've got into debt and they bring in all the shit that you've had to have in the past or don't you remember you've been overdrawn for like five years of your adult life what how can you possibly think that and you go back into this shell okay can't do it and that's where you need that belief that you've yeah. changed and that anybody can change their position that they're in or or circumstances, or business, or idea, and it's like, you just have to have that belief. Yeah, that agency, like, I can, add, that's how you have hope, you have to believe you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Or what's the point, like, otherwise, it's just a list of nothing, you can't manifest something, if you don't actually believe that it's possible. Like, oh, like, you sorry, you can't, it won't happen. Yeah. But you, you have to, like, have, like, a blind belief, you have to, and that's where having, support in a coach in in uh an association of people that like are like let's get it yeah. let's go have yeah. that crew of people that are just like you oh you have an idea tell me yeah i want to know i yeah. want to know about that i got questions yeah. i got support i got i'm a cheerleader i got encouragement like oh my ears i'm excited for you yeah, absolutely tell me about it and always <sighs> make sure when you're asking someone you're asking someone who is already where you want to be or further ahead so that you're not asking the pal who's you know not doing what you want to do or the husband or wife or partner or, or, or parent or whoever who's not where you're at and then you know it's like make sure you're getting the right the right advice because somebody who's made something of themselves will always give you encouragement yeah yeah, okay, absolutely. so tell me what has been like a big learning for you growing your business. Because you've been like, you know, you went from essentially being like a, a, a masseuse for 10 years, like a body worker, that's the correct way of describing it, um, to then a coach, which actually I really do see the link because I do, yeah. I know exactly that space where you're holding space for clients, whether you're massaging them or, or letting them talk. It's the same kind of space. Yeah. Um, so you've been doing that, you know, for the last 10 years and then you've been doing your coaching. What has been like a big learning curve for you or, or something that you've, you know, faced? Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. And just to go back to uh, your massage therapist, not letting you talk. I'm like, <laughs> I am the chattiest massage. I'm like some people's nightmare because yeah. I'm like, tell me everything. I want to know about your dog. I want to know about your trip to Vegas. I want to know about your fight with your partner. I want to know everything. I want to know how you're feeling, what your dreams are. Do you have an idea? I want to know about it. Like I am the chattiest massage therapist. I am a nightmare for some people. So you would, you and I would have been a great match. We would have been absolutely, <laughs> it would have been great. It's like, it's we would have been building empires in that room. Like we would have built them. Yeah. <laughs> no question. No question. So, well, I'm doing that not in my shoulder that I've been holding for years that just won't go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You need somebody to ask you about that. Like, tell me how this feels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, um, one of the biggest growths for me is actually happening sort of in this last four weeks. I love that. Um, and that happened because I hired a coach I love and I wish that I had done this off the jump. Like I, the opportunity cost of having not just, I, I paid for programs to teach me about analytical cash flow, and I paid for softwares and I paid for things to, cause I thought people wanted numbers first and I hired this coach and she's a vision coach and she's just drawing out of me this like peeling back all these layers, these protective layers of, of uh, certificates and all the things, which you should be certified to help people, but especially in money, cause you could do harm. So I have those certificates, but the, the real authenticity inside is I want you to feel safe to take a risk with your money. Mm -hmm. I want you to feel safe to say, I have this idea burning in the back of my head. And I think about it every time I lay my head on my pillow, but I have this debt, but I have this family and I have this, and I can't do it. I can't risk it. And I want you to feel like, no, no, no. I have a plan for all of these things. I have safety here and we're going to go for it. Or I'm going to be able to go for it in six months because I'm going to spend the next six months working my butt off to make sure that I have a great launch pad. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I want to have. And this experience with this coach has been absolutely groundbreaking because it's really revealed to me how much hiding I was doing how much I wasn't letting myself out and also that self-mastery work which essentially is what it is yeah I often will say to clients that I have who are coaches and not all my clients are coaches at all but I do have a few and I will always say are you willing to pay for yourself what you are asking of your clients yeah. Or are you willing to invest in yourself the same that you're asking your clients? Because I think there's a big disconnect there when you can have all the certificates and, and the things that you need, 100%, yeah, you mm -hmm. need that. But you also need to invest in yourself and your growth for you to then be able to ask somebody else to do it. It's like this energetic, right. energetic loop. And if you're not there, and I will always say, people say, Mills, you're just saying that because you want to sail. No, I'm not. I, you know, you go find any coach and charge any, you know, do whatever you want, but make sure you are investing in your growth because it won't work otherwise. Fact. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, and if you're a confident coach, you can have total trust and faith that if we are meant to work together, we will. I don't actually have to sell to you. I'm just letting you know that from a place of like, like integrity, you have to invest in yourself. And I am, I was saying it. And then I hired a coach and wouldn't, you know, who came knocking on the door, 
all those clients who are just, they were just waiting for me to energetically remove that thing. Mm -hmm. And it's that belief that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what? I need to believe in myself enough to take this jump, Mm -hmm. to put some skin in the game. And as soon as I did that, the clients just came bang, 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 bang. And you go, oh, well, wouldn't you know? I actually (laughs) believe in myself. I believe in my program. I believe in my price. And here it comes. And so I'm really, I'm really happy for you because I think that that is, that definitely was the turning point in my business as well was when I was like, you know what, I'm going to hire a coach that's like one-to-one me. I did, you know, programs are great and and I'm creating a program, so I'm not going to diss them. They are great and there is space for that. But I think there's something magical about one-to-one because you're just getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah. I think I'll always have a coach, like maybe not week over week, over week, over week necessarily, but I think I'll, I'll make sure I have three or four programs a year that I go through. Cause it's just, you're going to get new ideas and fresh eyes and new perspective and questions that nobody's asked you before. And yeah. And, and there are some terrible coaches out there. So I'm going to make sure I'm aligned with them. You know, like it is, I have a friend who's going through a coaching and it's, it's not great for her. And she's like, I took this risk and and I'm getting kind of like bullied by my coach. They're not really listening to I to- me. I had that. I totally had that. My first experience, I did not like him. I told him, I don't like you. But I kept thinking, oh, because I'm so out of my comfort zone. Is that where the magic happens? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, oh, I should have really. And I, I trusted my gut. And I was like, we're not, we're not the right fit. And I need to, yeah. I need to find someone else. And it, that actually has taken me, I'm on like the third time was when it really works and that's just I think you know you have to you have to gel you have to have some alignment and feel like this person is going to be the person that is going to get the best out of you um rather than and then it's not cookie cutter <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. my way <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> for sure I will um tell me what kind of myth because there are so many myths about money what would you what's the one myth you would like to debunk about money or finances or that kind of um there there are so many myths around money that and i would like to debunk a million of them a lot of them are about debt but i think the biggest one i would like to debunk is that there's a finite amount of it that if you have more that means i'll have less and I would love to blow that out of the water. Um, and to borrow from my coach, uh, Erica, um, money is as abundant as ideas. Mm-hmm. There is an endless supply of it. There's always going to be more. And so to, to blow the roof off of the idea that there's only this much and there's disparity. And then that's why, because there's only this much. And it's like, no, 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 we are all capable of getting rich. Yeah. <laughs> We're all capable of having big, fully expressed lives and having the money to do so. And that I think is the key to success is yeah. not having a scarcity mindset that if someone else is gonna, it's the same with let's take coaching, it's a great example. There's thousands of coaches, there's thousands and thousands of coaches. It doesn't mean that you and I can't get clients. It doesn't no. mean that there's, you know, I um I'm a really big fan of, of uh, Ken Honda, who is a Japanese um, money guru, I suppose would be a way to talk about him. And he was taught by a chap 
a Japanese master, <laughs> I shouldn't call him a Jap, called Wahi Takeda. And he was kind of known as the Warren Buffett of Japan. And um, he talked about money being, he, he described it in three stages. You had ice, where it was obviously frozen and, and hard to come by and not you know, really difficult in your life. Then he had river, which was this kind of ebb and flow of money. It comes in, it goes out, it's, it's unpredictable maybe. And then he described it as air, where it's just there. You're just breathing it. It's not, you don't need to ask for it. You don't need to, it's just part of your universe. And when you can get to that state is when true abundance happens. And he gets to that state through a technique called the arigato technique, which is like, thank you in Japanese. And you bless every time you spend. So a lot of people will be grateful when they receive. And I've heard that loads of times, you know, like if you get a sale or a tax rebate or some random money comes through the post or whatever, not that that's ever happened to me, but you know, you, you bless it, you're thankful, you know, you're really grateful that you've received this money. But he talks about make, you have to bless it on spending so that you are blessing the next person who receives that money. So if you're buying coffee in a coffee shop, you're blessing that coffee shop with your money and giving it to them. And that creates this energy loop of gratitude. And that when that happens, you become, it becomes like air. And love that. It's like, oh. I want to, I want to, I want to go and hug with Takeda. Oh, <laughs> you're a legend. Yeah, I have, I have Ken Honda's book in the queue here. It's my next, uh, yeah, it's, it's on yes. deck. It's definitely a good one. It's a good one. I actually like listening to him. And there's loads of YouTube that you can find him. Um, it's, um, yeah. And I just, I really enjoy listening to, what I liked about that was I think you can get a lot of, technical books about how to invest money and how to save money and how to pay off debt but this mm -hmm. was much more about the emotion of money and that's what I kind of liked about it um looking at it from a slightly different stance um so yes okay. for sure um tell me what is the best advice you can give to somebody about money what would be your little tip of the day mm. <laughs> tip of the day um oh, it's so hard to have one tip um one of the if you're going to get tactical i would say automate mm -hmm. automate your money you have a virtual assistant built into every bank account every everything get your bills automated get the payment of your credit card automated like take that decision making get your savings automated take that decision making off your plate so long as you're in a safe enough place to trust that all of those processes will have enough funds. If you're right on the line, then maybe build that cushion first, build your bottom line first, and then uh, then make sure you automate. Um, but going back to what's most important is that belief, right? It's that catch yourself when you're speaking in scarcity, catch yourself when you're saying things like, oh, I'd rather work like have less money and work a job I like. Like, no, I'd rather have lots of money and work a job I like. That's actually, you know, so catch yourself in those limited beliefs, catch your, your people 
around you saying those things, you know, like who has that kind of money or like, oh, more money, more problems, like cut that off and, and ask yourself, is that really true? Is that true? Examine it and go, that's not true. Money buys happiness, damn it. Like there's probably a, a there is a point of limited or diminishing returns, but ultimately uh, it, it can buy you happiness, <laughs> like pure and simple. 100%. So uh, I, yeah. think, I think that, you know, yes, of course there are rich people who aren't happy. And of course, of course, but it also can absolutely fund a, an abundant lifestyle of choice and freedom. It might not buy health, but it can certainly in some countries really help you with your health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a funny one. The one that I had growing up, and I, I recognize this money belief, was that you had to work 24-7 to kind of get wealth. So that idea of um, passive income or, or um, you know, just smart ways to make money, that took me a while to understand. Even though I'm in that kind of industry, I mm-hmm. was like, no, no, I have to hustle all the time. I have to be on it. I have to be working, 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 and then I'll get rich. And so that was a belief that I had to drop. And, and also the one that I used to hear all the time growing up, all the time. And I sometimes find myself saying it to my kids and I'm like, don't say it. It's money doesn't grow on trees. What do you think? Oh. It grows on trees? <laughs> like it doesn't because it's air. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. technically it is paper and that is trees. That's what I always used to say back to my parents. <laughs> like, like, if you want to get technical. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, best book. Well, you already mentioned the one that I was going to say is Jen Sincero because I just love your badass at making money because I just love the approach to like, it's just so conversational and it's just yeah. real and easy to absorb. Um, uh, I like Profit First is really good as far as getting an idea of uh, separation of money. Um, Now I'm like on the, I was going to say Jen Sincero. So now I'm on the spot to think of. That's cool. That's cool. Another one. You're a badass at making money. Bright green. It's so good. I I listen to her on audio because I just, on Audible, because I just really like her whole approach. I like listening to her. She's a kind of, oh, fuck it type of person. And I like, yeah. I, like I like those kind of people. I'm like, yeah, 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 I get it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah. I ear read all my books. So it is absolutely my favorite way to do it. Cause you can just consume it in a way you can make physical notes. You can do like, I, I love to listen to books. That's the best yeah. for yeah. me. Yeah, it's good. Um, and who's been a big inspiration for you? Um, somebody who's really inspired me, um, especially in the last like six months of my business is, uh, her name is Lindsay Brian Podvin and she is the mind money balance on Instagram website, all of the things. And she's the first person that I ever came across that was sort of, you know, uh, touchable, uh, reachable, um, that talked about money, shame head on. And it was, she is like, I'm, she's a no shame financial therapist. And she absolutely, while we have different personalities, she has the type of career that I would like, the type of impact that I would like to have. Um, and she's just so generous with her time. And she's uh, held networking events and connected me with my coach. And she's just been, I, she's such a huge inspiration to me. Okay, cool. I'm going to check her out. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, she's wonderful. Elby, I have loved chatting to you. I really have. 
me how, too. I know when we did Clubhouse as well, it's like, oh, it feels like we're just in the pub having a chat and it's been such a nice, you've been my favorite connection of the year. I'm oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's um, wonderful. I've enjoyed it too. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at lb.coaching, E-L-B-I-E. Um, you can go to my website, lbcoaching.com. Um, but I love, I, I hang out on Instagram quite a bit. Uh, that's probably my best platform for interacting. And I love chatting with people. <laughs> Maybe that comes across. <laughs> I'm a chatter. So if you want to have a, have a visit, uh, connect with me over there. I'd love that. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for being part of this. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Mills.